Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's going on, everybody? It's waiver wire time. This this waiver wire for week going into week eleven. This was a this is this is a big one. Yeah, this is a big one. We have had some quiet weeks over the past couple of weeks in terms of like who are we adding on waivers. Like I remember one couple of weeks ago after the trade deadline, like I had like Chase Edmonds near the top. It's like it was bad. Yeah, <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> but if a few of these guys that we're about to mention, like I would say in the top, you know, five six guys, you know, this is uh this is the week to 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 pounce. If you have yeah. some fab left, fab left over, this is the week to spend it all. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, maybe grab a couple guys if you can. Right, depending on your, you know your league, right? Can you get away with throwing like fifty percent of fab on one guy, fifty percent on another? Will you have to drop it all on one guy? You know your league best. You know we'll give recommendations, but you know your league, so spend accordingly. But you want to get these guys on your roster. There's no reason to save your fab for anything else. Right. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm probably going to be a little bit hypocritical. You can see I, I haven't spent hardly any of my fab this year. <laughs> I don't think I have. I have a bunch yet. So I would <laughs> say, yeah, spend up now because there actually are, like you said, you mentioned the top five, six guys that we're going to talk about. They have a chance to be actual serious fantasy contributors down the stretch. You know, this isn't like any type of, oh, well, maybe maybe they'll have an impact, you know, a couple of weeks down the road. It's like, no, yeah. these guys have a chance to be immediate impact and also have uh, a lot of value going forward, you know, as long as they keep playing. Um, there's some there's some league winning there's some league winning upside in a couple of these guys right oh, yeah. so mm-hmm. let's let's let, we'll get we'll get we'll talk about that in a second but let's just quickly uh, talk about the Eagles last night they got their first loss of the season uh, yes. I'm sure that makes you happy oh yeah uh, for sure as a Cowboys fan but the NFC yeah. is pretty tight right now dude Giants seven you know obviously Eagles one loss Giants seven and two Cowboys six and three and then the Commanders are at five hundred yeah they're That's- they're five and five. That's that's actually interesting to me, you know. Just a, I, I can't believe the turnaround that it's been in the NFC East. You know, um, Dallas really could have used that win last, uh, last week. Now, you know, uh, yeah. they really could have used it, but I think they'll be fine anyway. It looks like the NFC East is going to have three teams in the playoffs, but remains to be seen. Um, I'm not worried about any team just yet. They're all look competitive, which is nice. It's nice to have that for a change. It's not like you know Dallas is just running it, but at the same time. Um, yeah, I'm just happy the Eagles lost. <laughs> I, I, I feel you. <laughs> historically, the commanders have been the fraud finders. If you remember back in 2020, uh, Ron Rivera was coaching there, and they beat the Steelers on the road right. on Monday night, and they just did the same thing against the Eagles. So hopefully, you know, as a Cowboys fan, 
those Eagles will lose out in the first round of playoffs. The Eagles are still a good team. They got screwed by some play calling in that game. Oh, not play calling. They got, they got yeah, screwed the by yeah. a couple of things, man. Yeah. Right. The, the Dallas, Dallas Goddard, Goddard fumble. Yeah. That's the, the face. That was a, such a, um, you know, it's funny because, so if you didn't watch the game, what happened was Dallas Goddard, you know, he had the ball in his hands. He was making his way downfield. Uh, he got, ta- he was getting tackled, but he literally like the defender grabbed the entire face mask and pulled him down with the face mask and he fumbled and there was a no call yeah. on the fumble. Which is incredible because, like, if you're going to review that play, it's obvious you, you're not going to. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's 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 weird. What what is the rule on that? Are they not allowed to call the penalty post review? No. Is that what is that what it was? I think that's what it is. I mean, I'm not like Mike Pereira coming in here and telling you what the <laughs> Mike, rules are. I'm Mike not like Pereira, the... former former uh, NFL uh, you know official. Yeah, let, let, let's go to a rules know. analyst here. No, but I think the rule is they tried it out um, a couple of years ago, if you remember, with pass interference where you could review it. And yeah, I remember that. That was just, they hard, not only did they hardly ever win those calls, but it, it just left too much up in the air. You have to just err on the side of the refs in this instance. I think they said they just gave up on that. They weren't going to have any type of challenge. And the same thing happened with this face mask. You can't go back and look at a play and call a penalty. The only play that they really get a little leeway is on an intentional grounding call. We've seen that happen. Where you know the refs yeah. will discuss it after the fact and determine whether there is an intentional grounding call or not. But outside of that, it's you know you call it or you don't. We saw that also. What spurred on the pass interference um, review for that one year was that divisional was a divisional round game between the Saints and the Rams when Nikel yeah. Roby Coleman just blasted. I forget who it was, but obvious pass interference. That's what caused that to happen. But at that point, you know you can't go back and call the penalties. Just how how it happened. Yeah, man. Uh, they they need to change that though, because when it's as obvious as that, like when you can see it in the replay, like you gotta be like, hey, you know what? It was actually a face mask penalty on. Yeah, the, you know, it's just straight up. Like that's what you gotta do. Especially, uh, gotta... yeah, with the outcome of the play being a turnover. <laughs> you yeah. know, they say all 100%. turnovers are reviewed. Like that one, obviously, I don't. He's not gonna lose the ball if he doesn't get his face mask ripped at. Like, what are you supposed to do at that point? Exactly. Maybe on just automatic reviews, you review the penalty, any pot, potential penalties, like a face mask. Maybe not pass interference. Okay, maybe you don't call that because yeah. that becomes super subject, subjective when it goes into slow motion. But a face mask is just objective, right? If you can see it, it is a face mask. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no there's no subjectivity with that. There's no gray yeah. area. Like with a exactly. holding call, which holding calls, I still can't believe they're 10 yards. That makes me really annoyed. <laughs> but, you know, I, know. Ten, <laughs> I can't yeah, believe yards, Yeah. Like, okay. It, it, it yeah. is a lot. But I feel like if it was five, it would happen way more often. Well, I don't think it would cause any team to be like, oh, well, now we can get away with holding. You know, it's only five yards. Obviously, that still hurts (laughs) you. But I feel like 10 yards, you know, a defensive holding call is only five yards. And an offensive holding call puts you back 10. It just doesn't make sense for me. I guess. Well, the offense has so many advantages already. But yeah, yeah, they're catering to the offense with the rules. The the changes that they made. But the other other thing that happened in that game, which was terrible, (laughs) was Taylor Heineke dropped back. He randomly took a knee, like yeah. you know, seven or eight yards behind the line of scrimmage, and and the 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 Eagles, Eagles tackled him. Brandon Graham just went ahead and just like tackled him. Yeah, took him to the ground, and the refs called the flag. Um, and because of that, I think that was third down. It would have been fourth with like a minute and a half left. Yep. Um, the ball would have went back to the Eagles, and the Eagles would have had a chance to to win the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. They called it a flag. It was a first down Washington, and the commanders won the game. Yeah. I mean, okay, so with that one, yes, all of these uh, roughing the passer penalties, majority of them are 
BS. <laughs> you know, it's just the way that they've been. This one it. was an, it was super interesting because yeah. like, he he gave himself up, but like he gave himself up like you know as the defenders were kind of coming after him, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if the defenders knew that he was giving himself up. Like, should yeah. they? Do you think they should? Because I think that's that's the that's the what people are wondering. Like, should they have known that the quarterback gave himself up on that play? I think the they should know. They've seen the way they've been calling these right. burping the passer penalties. They should know. You know, okay, he's down on his knee. All you gotta do, Brandon Graham, mm. just run past him and touch him on the shoulder pad. That's all you true. gotta do. True, like he, true. He went down with him, and that was like kind of obvious. I could see why they called that, just the way they've been calling it. But the thing that didn't make sense to me is that if you're Taylor Heineke, what do you do? I mean, I know that you're going down <laughs> just to move the run the clock, maybe a little bit. I don't know if they had yeah. any timeouts, but like. Unless that penalty happens, what kind of decision is that to just take a knee down there? You know what I'm saying? You move I, yourself I back it. that many yards. He got bailed out by that call. He did get bailed out, and he he acted like he won the Super Bowl. Yeah, after that happened. <laughs> I mean, I love like, I love seeing the enthusiasm. But it's just like uh, it was funny watching that. But he got bailed out big time on that one because I don't know what that decision was. Terry McLaurin, man, what a big game from him. You know, making yeah. plays all night long in a tough matchup. Matched up with Darius Slay most of that game. Caught eight balls for 128 yards, 38% target share. His target share, target share has gone up in four straight games. Like, Taylor Heineke is locked onto him right now. And, you know, you can't you can't leave McLaurin out of your lineup, like, at all at this point. No. Like, not with- I mean, even coming into this game, we knew it was a tough matchup, but it was, it was hard not to start him because you knew he was going to get his targets. Yeah, not with... Taylor Heineke at quarterback. You can't leave Terry yeah. McLaurin out. We saw Carson Wentz throwing, and he he wasn't dialed in with Terry McLaurin. He didn't even seem like interested in throwing to him. Remember, remember nope. that Jahan Dotson had four touchdowns, I think, through three games. Yeah. Um, so, and I, Curtis I, Samuel, Curtis yeah. Samuel was getting like nine targets a game, and yeah. look, and look what's going on with Heineke. Heineke is giving like two targets a game. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> so Curtis Samuel is a non-factor. Yeah. So Ter- Taylor Heineke is good for Terry McLaurin and Carson Wentz is good for everybody else. But the way Taylor Heineke is playing, he's playing way better. He has way more heart than Carson Wentz at this point. You know, he's been there for a little while and, you know, he's been out of the lineup. I, I love watching Taylor Heineke play, even though, you know, he- he's on and off. But with these receivers, he has single-handedly brought Taylor, not Taylor Heineke, Terry McLaurin back into relevance. You know yeah. what we're talking about? Like Curtis Samuel, like you said, pretty much a non-factor, even though last week he did catch it was him on the touchdown, right? It was a long touchdown, but he still didn't get the targets. I think he only caught like one or two balls in that game. Right. So outside of that, I mean, you know, there's not really anybody else that he's looking for. I I think that Terry McLaurin should definitely be in your lineup. And he might be a solid wide receiver, too, with high wide receiver, two upside because of the way this offense has been playing. They looked good last night. The ball control was it was pretty ball control was the ball control was the name of the game. And and let's get right into that. Like. Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, they combined for 40 carries in this game. The run game was a big reason the commanders were able to sustain drives. Um, a lot of converted short gains for yeah. first downs, right? And that's that was really the name of the game. And that's partly why we saw such a low yard per carry output, uh, you know, for these guys. Um, I will say this, though. This is an amazing sell window for Brian Robinson. Oh, yeah. If you, ha- if you have him, congratulations. Like, this is exactly what you were looking for. You know, he had, like, 24 to 26 carries in this game yeah move him now while you still have a chance and antonio gibson he's still involved with the goal line right that yep. goal line touchdown is not guaranteed for robinson if the commanders get to the goal line moving forward they split goal line snaps down the middle so just keep that in mind um yeah now he has houston next week right yeah so and, and no i am not keeping him for that game like i don't 
what I rather do is use that as a selling point to my trade partner to say, oh, yeah. hey, I'm literally going to hit him up. Be like, yo, man, uh, Brian Robinson got Houston next week. You want him? Mm-hmm. He just had 26 carries for a touchdown. You want him? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's how I would sell him because you never know what's going to happen next week, right? Like, no. yes, it's a good matchup, but like maybe Antonio Gibson, you know, gets more carries. Maybe he's the one who has the good game. And, you know, Brian Robinson, who, you know, I think is not the best running back in the world, he might not kill it right he might end up with 12 carries for you know 57 yards and that's it yeah he might have a good yards per carry output but that's about it yeah brian robinson the yards per carry last night wasn't that good no (laughs) you know 26 carries 86 yards but and, and that's why i had to preface it with you know the fact that he did convert a bunch of those short like those those like short yardage gains you know what i mean so a lot of those situations were like go get me a yard type of thing and he got a lot of those so that that's why you know it's a little deceiving especially last night because there was so many of them yeah I, I don't know it was really weird you know if going into this game you told me that by the end it would be brian robinson with 26 carries against the eagles i'd be like you're crazy like the eagles are supposed to be up in this game you know oh yeah antonio gibson is supposed to be catching six or seven balls you know brian robinson should only be used on the goal line and he should only put up you know 30 yards maybe rushing he put up 86 on 26 carries this went completely against what i was expecting for this game um the running backs look good. And like you said, and I was going to bring it up if you didn't, about Brian Robinson in the cell window. Okay. I actually yeah. have him in one of my leagues. An hourly, I think it is. And I'll buy him. I, yeah, I left him. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I left him on my bench. And actually, I, I put in Tyler Algier over him this week, and he put up three points. And then Brian Robinson has 26 carries, 86 yards, touchdown. Did you get you did know, you get the win? Yeah, I won. It was fine. You know, I'm Must not – nice. I was <laughs> – must I wasn't nice. sweating it too much. I'm five and five, back at five hundred. You know, I'm ready to make a push. I Me was and you looking. are both five and five in this. Oh god, how many teams are five and five in our league? I'm looking at it right now. There's, there's like five fun. of them. Yeah, there's like there's five, five, one, two, three, four, five, five, five and five teams. Everybody is within four and six or six and four, except the top two and bottom two. Yeah. So it's a really you know competitively. That's super close. But I don't know. I, I want to try. My, and my, my team is my team is so much better than yours. Like it's not even funny. That's not even like true. it's not. Get out of here. I have Justin Fields. I'm riding him to the Justin end, Fields. dude. He has single-handedly won me the last two weeks. Yeah. He put up 80 points over the past That's going to be he, – he's going to be that deciding factor for you pretty much. He has been. That's the whole reason. Like, Devontae Adams, he, he's he's been doing his thing. That They're like my core two. You know, Amari Cooper right. comes and goes. I have him on my team. Justin Herbert, he's been he's been mediocre, which is really disappointing because I was really big on it's him. It's amazing that the, the – the best Justin you have, like at quarterback, is Justin Fields. Fields. Well, that's the whole reason I took Justin Fields. It's like the upside. This is what I was kind of hoping he would do, but Justin Herbert isn't doing it. He has a better schedule coming up. Justin Herbert does, so I have a little bit of hope for him. Um, I'm not necessarily going to call him a buy just because he has no weapons still. But yeah. as his receivers come back, he can t- he could get a little bit better. But I digress about that with the <laughs> running backs and watching. That was my fault. That, that was my fault. No, it's fine. <laughs> it, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't the game that I was expecting, but I'm very happy with this. You know, both Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson now are in good spots to be trade pieces if you want to move them or you can go get Antonio Gibson. He didn't have a huge game, you know, if you want to, but the usage is definitely there. He's getting all the much more valuable touches than yes. Brian Robinson. Yeah. And like, you know, like I'll give up Brian Robinson and Devontae Smith for like, you know, try to get Damian Pierce from that this yeah. week you know try to get you know even james connor the dude played 90 percent, <clears throat> more than 90 percent of snaps in this game they just dropped eno benjamin yeah the cardinals so, dropped eno benjamin which is super weird yeah i don't um, know what that was about i saw that i don't know either man apparently the report the reports were that he was surprised by the move 
Like, <laughs> really? Kind of makes no sense. <laughs> he was what yeah. starting two weeks ago, right? Like, it was weird, that? man. I don't, I, understand. I don't understand. Maybe it's just a vote of confidence for James Conner. So maybe we should be buying but up. Why? But, why would you have a vote of confidence yeah. in James Conner? Like, that <laughs> yeah. doesn't make any sense. I mean, like, what Dar- if he gets is, hurt? What are you going to do? Is Darrell Williams coming off IR? Could that not be yet. a reason? Like, no, I don't he's know not coming off IR. Who do they have IR. behind him? Are they going to put Kyler Murray back there? Colt McCoy quarterback? <laughs> Kyler Murray at running back? Like, what are they going to do? Listen, if if you were stashing Eno, uh, Eno Benjamin, if you yeah, it is Eno Benjamin. If you were stashing yes. Eno Benjamin, um, I wouldn't drop him just yet because I want to see if he gets picked up, and yeah. I want to see where he gets picked up. You know? It's not looking good. I don't think. No. But yeah, I, I if you have to drop him for like one of these top five guys, like I would. It, when yeah. we get to the waiver wires, but like outside of that, I'm not sure. If I, I'm not sure if I would. The bottom Depends line, with, yeah. The bottom line with Eno Benjamin is I don't think he's going to be a difference maker anywhere. You know, I think he's just going to go. He might be a depth addition somewhere. I'm not expecting too much. He can be, yeah. It's only there, there might be just a couple teams they could use him, but like I can't really think of too many on top of my head. You might be no. right. He, he um, has I, I, he has achieved his peak value already. <laughs> Another guy, Devont, uh, you know, Brian Robinson, Devontae Smith, Damian Pierce. I mentioned him. I mentioned James Conner, Jeff Wilson, like even him, like. You get the point, right? Like, just aim for these, like, that RB2 range. Jamie Pierce is probably a low-end RB1. He just had a bad game. So, I call you know, him. He, would be, he, he would be the ideal target. You know how I have Damian Pierce ranked. He's my RB1.5. Yeah. And I, I should put a post out on that or something. <laughs> because he is the 1.5. I could talk about that all day. I love Damian Pierce. Just don't love the offense. I hear you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's get into these uh, these waiver wire pickups. Like I said, big waiver wire week. These guys have league, like some of these guys have league winning ability. But starting at number one, Christian Watson, he has league winning ability. Okay, yeah. His first game back with the team after hamstring injuries, after concussions, almost concussions, he gets a forty percent target share. Like Aaron Rodgers was waiting for this to happen. No other wide receiver has ever got a forty percent target share this year. Okay, four four balls, eight targets, three touchdowns. It looked like Aaron Rodgers knew exactly what he had in Christian Watson. Uh, he didn't play more than 30% of snaps since week one. And that was after he missed a ton of time in training camp in preseason with the hamstring injury. He didn't really know the offense like that either. Um, they were giving him end arounds and stuff like that. But a couple of weeks ago, their OC did say that they can give Christian Watson everything. Like, they have confidence that he has everything. He has all the packages. It's just that they need him to play. And yeah. he did. And he's a freak. He's one of the fastest wide receivers in the league already. Like he had a 95, yeah. 95th percentile burst score uh, and a 97th percentile catch radius score, 95% speed score, all in player profiler. So I would not be surprised if he continues to get a high target share from Aaron Rodgers. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a higher target share than Alan Lazard. Like I would not be surprised at all. Yeah, He was a second-round pick. He has Aaron Rodgers, who has been looking for a reliable wide receiver one. So I wouldn't overthink this one. 
Like, I know, yeah. like, so many people are like, yo, like, is he going to continue? He's going to have two points next week. On a per route basis, only Chris Olave and Drake London have been targeted at a higher route among rookie wide receivers so far this year. I know it's a small sample size, but it's worth noting. And yeah. if I need a wide receiver to potentially put me over the top, I'm throwing all of my remaining fab at Christian Watson. Yeah, and Christian Watson, like I said, this is the type of performance he needed. After being in and out of the lineup, you know, concussions the whole time, this is a confidence-building performance that is going to establish a connection with him and Aaron Rodgers. And down the stretch, the Packers, you know, they looked really bad, obviously. We don't want to discount how bad they looked the five weeks going into this game against Dallas, but they looked good against Dallas. And I think this can continue. Now Aaron Rodgers, like we said, he was fist-pumping yesterday. You know, he was looking like he's back in it. You know, we're back in it, baby. That's what he was saying. Um he asked Christian Watson now, who looks like he's going to be a legit threat. Um, you're not going to find anybody else like this on the waiver wire the rest of the way, I don't think. Everybody else, yeah. This you is, look at the I, schedule, it's not that bad. No, this it's is really an not. extreme upside player right here. You know, And I don't think his floor is that bad either, because given the way the rest of the Packers receiver core, receiving core has played, um, you know, they, they don't have anything to lose by just throwing a Christian Watson's way 10 times a game. And they should be doing that You know, at this point. Um, the passing offense has been anemic up until um, two days ago in Dallas. I, I not not in Dallas in Green Bay for, for Green Bay, but Christian Watson, he is a clear pick right now. I wish he was on our waiver wire. I'll go get him, but you have him. <laughs> I do, and I wish I started him last week. But hey, hey, I have him. I'm happy. Could you have seen this uh, coming though? Right, great that listen, it happened, but you couldn't have seen it coming. A three touchdowns? No, I didn't see yeah. that happening. Now. The reason why I kept up picking him up like every single week before like he got hurt, I literally had him on my bench. I would say I had him on my bench during these Sunday games, probably three Sundays in a row. <laughs> yeah, before this past week, uh, it's because I was I was I'm a believer, dude. Like I, I'm I'm a fan of Christian Watson. Like saw him at the Senior Bowl. Like I know what he's capable of. Like you know, and Aaron Rodgers is looking for that guy. And then when Romeo Dubs went down, I'm like, all right, this is his opportunity. You know, so you know. I, I, I didn't think this was going to happen, but I'm not surprised, to be honest. Um, and what's it going to say? Oh, yeah, Packers schedule. Titans this week. Not bad at all. Eagles the following week. Okay. Bears, pa- Rams, Dolphins, Vikings. Sounds Vikings. good. Championship week, Christian Watson against the Vikings. I like yeah. it. And Packers I'll, fight I'll maybe for that. a playoff spot? Yeah. Oh. I think so. You never know. Okay. But yeah, think about on. these things. But I think about these. I, 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 I was struggling between ranking Isaiah Pacheco second or Kadarius Tony, and I, I guess it's really about what you need, right? And yeah. I have Pacheco at number two right now, but you know Kadarius Tony is at three, Paris Campbell's at four. But real quick, if you need a running back, right, kind of like similar, like on the Watson side, like if you if you needed a wide receiver to put you on the, over the top, you got Watson. If you needed a running back to put you over the top. I might just throw the rest of my fab at Pacheco, given what happened this week. Um, the Chiefs gave up on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Like, he had no touches. He was on the field for only four snaps. Uh, the running back touches, like being distributed between two running backs now instead of three, Pacheco being the early down guy, McKinnon being the passing down guy, is way better. And yeah. usually, like, we don't want to overvalue these, like, you know, early down running backs. But this is the Chiefs' offense, right? Like, it's less about the volume Pacheco can get, but more about, like, what, the fact that he's on the field, he's running some routes, red zone usage, right? Better positions to score. I can see some volatility here for, for Pacheco, like moving yeah. forward to the, to the rest of the season, especially if McKinnon stays healthy. Um, however, there aren't going to be waiver wire running backs like this 
coming up maybe for the rest of the fantasy season. So if you're in dire needs of a running back and you're starting like, you know, these random dudes, you know, if you're starting Daryl you Henderson. Yeah. Yeah. You are. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or like, you know, these random dudes, like I would pick him up, man, and I would spend big and I would lock up my RB2 spot, you know, if that's what you need. Right. Yeah. Um, because I think, you know, I might not rank him as a top 24 running back. I might, I might, I gotta, I gotta really check that, but it's possible I will. But I would say he's like an RB3, high end RB3 flex play type of play. Um, that's how I'm ranking him. But like this is a situation where Pacheco can be a league winning running back. You know, if remember remember the touchdowns that Clyde Edwards was scoring early on yeah. the year, he would get like seven touches and then two like, a touchdown or two. Yeah. yeah, we can see something similar with Pacheco, except him getting that work in near the red zone, but also getting like you know ten to fifteen touches on top of that. So yeah. that's why he's valuable. You know, on this amazing offense. So both of these Chiefs. Isaiah Pacheco, and I'll talk about Kadarius Tony in a minute. But how are you viewing Pacheco here if he's available on your waiver wire? I mean, I pick him up. I, I think that's the bottom line. You just pretty much explained away everything. How much fab though, right? I, I, yeah, I feel like are you breaking? Are you breaking the bank on him? Like, obviously, I think Christian Watson's probably available in almost every waiver wire, almost yeah. unless you're in a really deep league. His ownership, I think, on sleepers like seventeen percent. Chris Christian Watson. So okay, Pacheco's is, around fifty. I was yeah. honestly surprised. That Pacheco was that available. Yeah, that available. You think it's a little low? His ownership? I think it's low. I think it's a little high. I, I don't know for the way he was playing. I know he started, quote unquote, the game a couple weeks yeah. ago, but his workload is exactly what we've kind of been staying away from. It's just the early down, and he wasn't scoring right. touchdowns or anything. You know, obviously, no, Patrick Mahomes was doing that. Um, but at this point, with Clyde Hilaire out of the picture, you know, I think that Isaiah Pacheco could be a good pickup for him. I don't think he's a slam dunk. I think he's a very good pickup, though, at running back, just given the offense that he's on and what we've seen from him. He's he's talented, you know? He can run the ball. It's just his workload, the type of work he's been getting, isn't as – it doesn't scream out to me, you know, pick me up as much as maybe Kadarius Tony. I, I, I would switch them to. And for me, the story yeah. – the story. I had Kadarius Tony at two. I did, yeah. and I switched it last minute. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't – I should stop making these last-minute switches. What do you think? Yeah, you, you just said about it yesterday on the podcast about <laughs> those last minute decisions screw you out of win. But but what I'm saying is for me, the story of this week's waiver wire, it's the three receivers that we have in the top five. It's Christian Watson, Kadarius Stoney, and Parrish Campbell. All three of them can be really nice pickups for you move forward. And the running backs are good too. I just think that the wide receivers present a lot more value. I feel you. I feel you. So if if Pacheco was available, let's say you have like sixty five dollars left in your yeah. fab. You had a hundred dollars budget for the season. How much of that sixty five? And let's say you're set at wide receiver. And I guess you're probably still picking up Christian Watson, is my assumption. But yeah, if you need if you need a running back, how much of that $65 would you be spending? I would maybe put that I, I think $25 would be. You ain't getting them. I, I would put $25. I'm not, I mean, I guess if you if you're in what dire if you really need of a running, need back, running back. If you're in dire need of a running back, if you I don't mean, have an RB2, a RB2, reliable RB2. 50 minimum. I, 50, I think, 50 minimum. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. 50 minimum. Um I'm not sure it's what like, you're putting down. If you're trying to get, uh, you're not going to be able to get Christian Watson and Isaiah Pacheco in fab format. I don't think no. that's going to work. But you know, Isaiah Pacheco, he's going to be the cheaper of the two. But he's still. Gonna if be I have, if I had like eighty dollars of fab, I would put it all on Christian Watson. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I, I, you, you you have to check to see the rest of your league to see like how much fab they have, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, don't <laughs> put just don't put eighty if like the next highest is like seventy two. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, put seventy three. Um, yeah. 
Just play that game. Are you are you trying to inflate these prices a little bit, Ferrari? <laughs> I'm not trading Chris Watson. Pacheco. Oh no, I'm not saying you should. I, like I oh, said, oh for oh for Pacheco. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not because I only have ten dollars of fab left. You know, so we, like you wouldn't even have wouldn't. to worry about I, this. If I want, if I was trying to do anything with Pacheco, like remember, I just dropped him, right? So like, yeah. I would be deflating his value. I would have put him at like number twelve here. I guess send this true. send yeah, these yeah, rankings yeah. to all of my league mates. Be like, he sucks. <laughs> Don't pick him up. Uh, yeah, look look what I look where I have him. It's on a special it's, special it's a fancy graphic. It's it, a trap, guys. True. Yeah, yeah. It's a trap. I don't think, I don't think <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be able to get him. No, um, but I'm okay because I have the next guy. Kadarius I would Tony. be and, yeah. I would be yeah, okay without getting Pacheco if I were you know. Of course, it would be nicer if you had him on your bench, just sitting there. But I'm I'm not, I would be, be nice. sweating it. You know, That'd my nice. opinion is you're fine. I think I'm fine because I got Christian McCaffrey in the league. I yeah. had Jonathan Taylor in the league, and I have Travis Etienne. Yeah, a little, little flex. I just want to flex on them. You know <laughs> little, what I'm saying? Yeah. A little, little, little flex. Okay, anyway. Um, gotcha. I, okay, so I said that I was a little surprised about Pacheco's roster ship. I'm very surprised about Kadarius Tony. I did not think he was going to be available in 50% of leagues, especially yeah. after the trade. And I guess people didn't like what happened in his first week with Kansas City, but it's like, well, what did you expect? You know, he wasn't going to learn the whole offense. This is an Andy Reid offense, right? It's not... Yeah. This is this is a tough offense to learn, but uh, like, he, he hardly had any snaps in week one, but he was targeted at a relatively high rate based on what he was, you know, based on the fact that he was on the field. Same thing this week. He showed what he's capable of, right? 44% of snaps, that's it, but he was targeted on 31% of his routes. He had six touches in this game, totaled 90 yards, <laughs> right? So, like, yeah. that's pretty efficient, and in the run game, they're going to use him in the run game, they're going to use him in the pass game. He had a contested catch. That was amazing where they kept on showing him adjusting his gloves, you know, right before that catch. He just, uh, what's the word? Um, what's the word when you don't do things normally? Like there's a word for that. He is unconventional. very unconventional. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Zach. Yeah. He's a very unconventional, he's unconventional in all facets of the game. He yeah. is a very unconventional route runner. Like he doesn't run routes like, you know, he doesn't look up to Stefan Diggs when he's running no. routes. You know what I'm saying? He's not <laughs> he look up to looking, anybody. Hunter he Renfro. Does he look up to anybody? I have no idea. <laughs> Hunter uh, Renfro. He 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 runs some interesting routes. Hunter Renfro is a good route. Like he's a good. I would say he's a conventional route runner in terms. Of I don't like think he's conventional. I think he's kind of made his own way. If you watch, yeah? there's a lot. He chops his feet a lot, but it works. It, it makes right. no sense. Yeah, I guess. Kadarius Tony does weird things with his body when he's running routes. Like yeah. you saw it last, like in the Titans game the week before. Um, but yeah, man, like I'm going to, I expect his route participation to increase moving forward. Like I expect his snaps to increase and, you know, I think it will be regardless of who's on the field, right? Like Juju might be out next week with that concussion mm -hmm. and Tony can benefit from that, but I'm not really basing any decisions around that. And, you know, Tony looks like he can be a serious weapon for this team. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the wide receiver that you want on the chiefs in a couple of weeks. Like I wouldn't be surprised even over Juju. Um, yeah. They they wouldn't have traded for Tony. Like if you think about Michael Hartman being out too, like they wouldn't have traded for Tony if they thought they could get by with Michael Hartman. You know, like they're they're going for it with Tony, and yeah. he's going to get his role. And he looked great in this game. And I'm spending a ton of fab on him as well if he's available. Um, and I think next week you can start him as like an upside flex play. I might have a tough time not ranking him as like a low end wide receiver three, yeah. you know, with upside. You know, even if he has another game of you know slightly relatively limited playing time mm -hmm. I, I think Kadarius Tony and I said about this yesterday um he looks as close to Tyreek Hill as Chiefs have had since Tyreek Hill left and I wouldn't be surprised he runs around he's twitchy just like Tyreek Hill I wouldn't be surprised like you said 
if he kind of steps in to be the wide receiver one. Remember what Patrick Mahomes was able to do with Tyreek Hill. I mean, we know Tyreek Hill's doing his thing down in Miami, and you don't want to discount what he did in Kansas City. But remember what that was. And I just look at Canaries Tony. It just makes me reminds me of Tyreek Hill in this offense. He's going to be able to take the top off the defense. He's going to be able to catch all the intermediate passes. I think that he has a really good shot at you know just kind of growing in this offense really quickly and becoming a go-to for Patrick Mahomes really early. I'm big on Kadarius Tony this week for the waiver wire. And the thing is, you know, you say we're buying Kadarius Tony, we're buying Isaiah Pacheco, we're buying Christian Watson off of this waiver wire using your fab. The thing that this waiver wire week has is options. You don't usually have a bunch of clear no. options like this. There are a bunch of good options, and that might help actually. You know, we talk about these guys being so expensive in terms of fab. It might help deflate their value a little bit because a lot of the fab's going to be spread out. I don't think you're going to have guys in your league trying to spend 20, 20 20 here trying to get everybody obviously it's not yep. going to probably that's not going to net you any players but if a bunch of guys go in on christian watson a bunch of guys go in on isaiah pacheco a bunch of guys go in on canary stone like there are so many different options this week it's, it's just insane i love all of them christian watson is the easy pick because he's you know in line for the clearest workload increase moving forward but canary Tony, i think is a close second for me because just I see his skill set, the way he plays. He seems happy to be in Kansas City compared to New York, and that is understandable. Patrick Mahomes is his quarterback. If they get any type of connection, Kadarius Tony could be huge down the stretch. Yeah, man. Um, and and Paris Campbell's another guy who you can pick up. You know, in the top four, uh, he's simply coming on in this offense, right? He's catching balls down the field. He's making things happen after the catch. He's doing things out of the slot, and this makes me happy because. Yeah. I've loved the Paris, Paris Campbell, Campbell since, he, since he joined the league, you know, coming out of Ohio State. And, uh, you know, Matt Ryan is back. They won. You know, expect Matt Ryan to keep his job. Yeah. And with Matt Ryan, like, Campbell has averaged more than 20 PPR fantasy points per game over the last three games together. Got a caught a touchdown in each of those games. And, you know, Campbell might be the most reliable option out of all these guys. Like, you know, if you're like, all right, well, who is the best bet to continue producing, you know, and getting targets? is probably Campbell, but he just doesn't have the upside like Kadarius Tony has and Christian Watson has. Yeah. No, no, I hear you. This kind of reminds me, you know, obviously Paris Campbell and, you know, Michael Pittman are a little bit different, but Matt Ryan had a similar situation in Atlanta when he had Julio Jones and Russell Gage, and you'd think he'd be throwing Julio Jones, the big body playmaker, Michael Pittman, big body playmaker. You know, he's supposed to be the wide receiver one, but Russell Gage just always had these games down when he was in Atlanta. Now Paris Campbell's coming on in that role. We've seen this from Matt Ryan before. You know, Matt Ryan is doing his thing. I sincerely hope he keeps his job the rest of the way. The offense looks so much better with Matt Ryan, even though it's still limited relatively. But with Jonathan Taylor coming back and looking good, this has a chance to be a better offense than we think it's going to be, than what we remember with Matt Ryan earlier in the season. This is going to be a really good pickup for you. I, for you, he could be a really nice consolation prize if you don't feel like breaking the bank or you don't have the fab to break the bank on guys. that are obvious Christian Watson, Kadarius Tony, Ferris Campbell. You know, he could be nice under the radar ad, even though he has. I'm not, I'm not sure he has the upside, but the floor is really nice. He's going to be a good solid starter for you each week. Um, I kind of liken him. The way he's been producing reminds me of Jacoby Myers, the production that he's been having, you know, just yeah. kind of flying under the radar. So he'll be a nice starter for you. You can start Jacoby Myers every week. Um, yeah, I, I, that's what I see for Paris Campbell. Moving I'm, forward. I'm probably ranking him as like a high end wide receiver three this yeah. coming week. Yeah, he's borderline top 24. Yeah, I would say so. Okay, awesome. Uh, Rashad White makes his list, makes his way to this list again. Surprise. Yep. Uh, this What's one his I didn't understand. <laughs> around 50, right, right around 50% on all, right. on all platforms. Actually, on Sleeper, he's at 50. On Yahoo and ESPN, he's way lower, which is. 
I don't understand Clear, this one because yeah. the writing was on the wall for like six weeks now. We've yeah. been talking about it on this podcast, this Leonard Fournette situation for like weeks, you know, and we've been talking about the utilization this this whole time. And that's why we've been talking about it. Just it's, it's been going up and down. But Rashad White started the game, you know, in Germany uh, against the Seahawks. And before Leonard Fournette got hurt, White had the edge in snaps. Okay, so this can be a 50-50 going forward, meaning that White can have some standalone value. Um, the Bucks yeah. are on bye this week. Fournette has a hip pointer injury, but he is expected to be back after the bye. Who knows? Uh, but I would assume that he will be back. But it's possible that White starts that game again and leads leads that backfield with Fournette a little bit banged up. It's possible. And yeah. even if he's not banged up, it's possible. So they're playing the Browns out of the bye. It's a great matchup for these running backs. Don't ask me who I'd rather play because I have to think about that one. <laughs> well, you don't have to. Th- you don't have to rank them this week. This so week, exactly. Yeah. I guess that's really time. good. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how things develop with the Fournette injury. But you're talking about you, you, the utilization, the writing being on the wall. You know, kind of shifting more towards Rashad White before the injury. Now the injury happened. You know, could it give the Bucks an excuse to be like, yeah, let's use Rashad White a little bit more and just kind of leave? Rashad, you know, Rashad White wishes that there was no buy. This yeah. Week, oh my god. Right. Because like I kind of wish if, there was no if buy. Fournette, <laughs> if Fournette was out this week and they didn't ha- they had a game to play and Rashad White was the guy, Rashad White could have had a huge game and then it would have shifted that backfield even more. Yeah. And me as the Leonard Fournette truther, you know, <laughs> I want to see I want to see Rashad White play with like with I want to see if Leonard Fournette would play with an injury, how things would shake out, just to get that clarity on how things are actually going, you know. It might still be ambiguous now because we're missing this. Uh, th- they're they're missing this week on by. I-, I think that Rashad White has really good upside. We talk about this every week. Your weekly reminder: to pick up Rashad White. That's the way it's going to be. Um, we've been calling it out. If anything happens to Leonard Fournette, it just did. So I-, I think there's a really good chance that he sees a lot more run the rest of the way. I don't think um, he's he's going to be on this wave of wireless next week. I have a feeling, and I have faith in everybody here. Actually, you know. I'll say we've this. had faith for a while. The, the people in on, on this, like people who listen to this podcast, I would say like 65% of them probably have a shot white on their team. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not even just saying like 65% of people didn't drop a shot white. I'm saying like 65% probably have a shot white on their team. I get a lot of a shot white questions, like, you know, in our text community and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, okay. You, you guys yeah. have been listening. Um, <laughs> but yeah, pick him up if he's available, please. Diamond Peoples Jones. Uh, at number six here, this is the highest he's been, but you know, another upper hand waiver wire veteran, right? <laughs> his his yeah. last six games, seventy one yards, and I do this every week. I, I I talk about like last week I said his last five games, and the week before that his last four games. Well, now it's six <laughs> games, and it's seventy one yards receiving, fifty yards, seventy four, seventy one, eighty one, and now ninety nine yards receiving on five catches and nine targets. So solid floor play every single week. Even this week in Buffalo. Yeah, Donovan Peoples Jones is the anti Amari Cooper. He doesn't have the ceiling, but he also doesn't leave you out to dry. Um, it doesn't matter where Donovan Peoples Jones plays, home or away, he will produce for you. And it looked matchup, really good. The matchup has never mattered either. Yeah, matchup doesn't matter. He's produced for you week in and week out. And what people forget, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones, he's actually a, a pretty good receiver. Deshaun Watson's coming back. This has a chance to really open up for the Browns offense, you know, obviously Mari Cooper's kind of been the guy so far, but they could definitely have two fancy relevant receivers with a guy that's a little bit more dynamic than Joe B- Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett 
he's been serviceable, but you know, he's played like a backup. He's been able to produce a couple good finishes for for his receivers. Um, I think Donovan Peoples Jones ceiling is a lot higher once Deshaun Watson comes back and he's back in the lineup. Um, you know, he could be a, a decent buy. I mean, I'm not sure anybody who has him is going to move off of him. If he's sitting on the waiver wire, you're probably not gonna have to, but you know, maybe he this could be a really good ad for you if he's sitting on your waiver wire because if I'm saying that you might be able to buy him because of Deshaun Watson coming back, you know, th- there could be really a lot of value, a big um momentum swing in your league if you could get down with people's drones. For sure. Um, and then I have Gus Edwards here at number seven. Remember, uh he had that hamstring injury before their buy, right? And his teammate is gonna be on IR for a little bit longer. Okay, so Gus Edwards is going to be the starter if he's healthy. Kenyon Drake will probably be the starter if Gus Edwards is not ready. But listen, like as as long as Gus Edwards is the starter, you can start him as like a low in RB two with with a lot of touchdown upside, right? He had two touchdowns the the week before he got hurt. Um, so you know he's somebody if you need a running back and you can't grab Pacheco and Gus Edwards is available, he's somebody that you should you should grab if you can. Yeah, he's been on and off this waiver wire pickup list just because of the injury, but he's good. Any Ravens running back that's starting, I think they kind of fall into that low end RB two with touchdown yeah. upside. That's mm-hmm. kind of where they fall. You know, if they score touchdowns, then they're going to be um, a high RB two pretty much. Anything outside of that's going to be low RB two numbers. But Gus Edwards, if he's sitting on the waiver wire, there's no reason not to pick him up just because the Ravens backfield has been so banged up. Um, you know, it changes every week. I wouldn't count on him being a contributor each and every week the rest of the way, not just because of injury, but because other guys will be coming back. But he can win you – he not win you a couple of weeks, but he can definitely fill in um, on your roster for these next two, three weeks. Definitely, definitely. Um, and, and his teammate, Isaiah Likely, the reason why I have him here is because there's still a chance Mark Andrews might not play this week, right? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't assume that Mark Andrews plays, right? The way that um, Harbaugh has been talking about Andrews is like, yeah, he has, he has a good chance of playing this week. You know, and it's like he's leaving a little bit of room. He's leaving that door open for Andrews to potentially miss another game here. I know that Isaiah Likely only caught one ball, but it was a tough matchup against the Saints last week. At least he caught the touchdown. It was a tough matchup against the Saints. He still got a high target share from Lamar Jackson, even though he only caught one pass. I think he had five targets in that game. So going into this week, much better matchup. And I would start Isaiah Likely as a top five tight end this week, you know, uh, if Mark Andrews is out. So if you need a tight end, you know, if you there's a there's a couple of tight end injuries this week. If you need one, pick him up. Yeah. And we talked about Isaiah Likely a lot. He is a receiver in a tight end's body. He matches up well with pretty much any linebacker that's going to be covering him. And I call him the only tight end handcuff in the league. I said every time we talk about Isaiah Likely, but that's the truth. Because Lamar has no problem throwing to him. Obviously, they didn't connect on all five targets. They connected on one for a touchdown the last time they played together. But before that, he had a good week. There's no reason to think he can't get it done, especially with this Ravens offense just hurting at receiver. You know, with Rashad Bateman out, they're missing a weapon there. Mark Andrews being out. Somebody has to catch a ball. Isaiah likely can do it. He's super athletic. We talked about that um, in a couple of episodes, you know, this podcast. And you had him pretty high in your uh, rankings this oh, yeah. offseason coming in because of his athleticism. So there's no reason not to have Isaiah likely on your roster, especially with Mark Andrews status still up in the air. Yeah, I, I was. I thought you were going to say that I had him ranked highly la- like the week before, which I did. I think I had him ranked at number two. Um, yeah. And that was a, well, that was a bad call. Because, no, no, that's a fair ranking, I think. It yeah. looked fantastic. It looked like we, we had a home run ranking right there on that first, was it the second drive they caught that touchdown? <laughs> All right, true. already yeah, yeah. a catch for 24 yards and a touchdown. Awesome, you know? But I think uh, that was the week where Dallas Goddard just like went off. Like he, yeah, he, he had, had like a huge game. Four points, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, had a, he had a huge game. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. 
It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So next on this list, I have DeAndre Carter. And, you know, he's still available in a lot of leagues. Um, you know, there is a chance. So Brandon Staley said that Kinnell is going to practice this week. That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that Kinnell will play. So if Keenan doesn't play, like DeAndre Carter will still be in play. They're going up against the Chiefs this week. Okay, and Carter, you know, his last two games, he's been solid. You know, double-digit fantasy points each of the last two weeks. He caught that long touchdown early in the game against San Francisco. The Chiefs haven't been good against slot-wide receivers. So this is adding up for Paris Ken- – I mean, I'm sorry, DeAndre Carter to have another, you know, solid game in PPR leagues against the Chiefs. Yeah, and historically, these two teams, when they play each other, they put up a lot of points. You know, the fireworks are a plenty between these two teams. Even though Keenan Allen and Mike Williams aren't, they, I don't think they're both, I don't think either of them are supposed to play. But Justin Herbert, I don't know if you watched him in the last game. He looked, obviously, the stat line wasn't spectacular, but he seems to be like all the way back from whatever hurting that he had. And he, he his, he's throwing the ball well, I think. He looked good on that first drive and things kind of cooled off. I think that he has a much better schedule coming up these next few weeks. Kansas City, Arizona, Las Vegas, Miami, four straight good matchups that he should be able to capitalize on, even with yeah. these receivers, you know, kind of being, you know, the the guys down the depth chart. But he can make them, he can make them, you know, decent and serviceable receivers. DeAndre Carter, he showed it last week that he's able to pick up a little bit of that slack. I think DeAndre Carter could be a good pickup. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and then we have Cole Komet caught five touchdowns in the past three weeks. Um you know, turning into one of Justin Fields' favorite targets. And he got, you know, a, a, a good amount of targets this week, too. High target share. So, Cole Komet, somebody, if you need a tight end, more long-term than Isaiah Likely. But Isaiah Likely would have more upside if Mark Andrews' injury were to persist. You know, you yeah. pick up Likely for this week. But Komet will be that long-term add if you rather have rather have him. Yeah, I, I like Cole Komet just, you know, as a tight end at this point because there aren't that many that you can pick from. You know, Hayden Hurst used to be on my radar. Now he's kind of off my radar. Um, obviously, he was on bye last week, but he's kind of cooled off. A bunch of these guys, especially if you had Gerald Everett and he just got injured, you're not sure what you're mm-hmm. going to have with him moving forward. Cole Komet could be a good pickup for you. You know, these tight ends are pretty much, you know, plug, replace. It, they'll move in and out of your lineup each week. But Cole Komet, the way he's been playing, I'd be happy plugging him in. I, I don't have a problem with that. 100%. Uh, Traylon Burks at number 11. He's back. Uh, he played, you know, he ran a ton of routes in this game. Uh, he looks like he's he's fully back, and he's going to have the most opportunity out of any of these wide receivers. I know that Nick Westbrook-Akina was the guy to have a big game, but we've seen that before from him, and he's disappeared before that. So Traylon Burks is, is the guy that you want on this offense. You know, I wouldn't start him this week, but I would stash him. I would pick him up, put him on my bench, see what happens, see what the usage looks like. Yeah. Uh, and that's 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 pretty much how I, I would roll with it. Yeah, but with Traylon Burks, we were kind of talking about his usage before he got injured. You know what I'm saying? Like that he was getting more targets. And I remember we talked about that one 
an almost touchdown catch that wasn't. Um, he has upside. You know, he's the best receiver, I think, that the Titans have moved forward. And they've been hurting at receiver. I mean, what was it? Didn't no? I think the Titans had no receivers catch a ball. Was it two weeks ago? <laughs> I think there was so, one or something like that. Yeah. So somebody has to help out. They have to start using receivers at some point. Draylon Burks is going to be the guy to get the ball in the hands of. I, I think he's going to be able to do. He's going to be able to do a lot after the catch if they just give him the opportunity. Um, this offense needs a passing dimension. Obviously, Derrick Henry looked like he was shouldering the load and he was able to just carry this offense single handedly. Last week, that was not the case. Um, even though they did win against Denver, you know. It was Nick. It took a Nick Westbrook Aquina breakout game, you know, massive just overproduction to you know get them in the win column. Um, that showed that they need help at wide receiver. Traylon Burks, he should be able to you know kind of fit in nicely and, and get some work. He he deserves the work and he needs to get the work if this offense wants to move forward and actually stay competitive in games. For sure. I mean, 76% rap participation in his first game back. Six targets, 18% target share. Solid, solid. Yeah. Um, and you, yeah, that could go up moving forward. Alexander Madison, I'm going to have him here at number 12, you know, as a long-term ad, you know, just as a guy that you want to stash. People have been dropping him because of buys and all that. If he's available on your wire, you want to stash him, put him, you know, at the end of your bench because he's somebody that, you know, if Dalvin Cook were to go down, he becomes a, uh, a hot, you know, a solid RB1, you know, moving forward. So these kind of guys you don't want to leave on your waiver wire this time of year. The buys are kind of reducing a little bit, not too many bye weeks. So keep that in mind. Alexander Madison you know, just stash him right now. Yeah. He, he's one of the easy stashes because he's, we know what yeah. he is as a handcuff. Exactly. Exactly. He's a high end handcuff and there's not too many of them. So yeah. he's one of the, the, he's like one of the, him, you know, Tony Pollard, Rashad White, you know, these guys I, are going to the top guys. I feel like Tony Pollard is kind of ascended above the handcuff label. You know, I mean, oh, yeah, I, no, know he sure. is. I, I, I just mean like, you know, if the running back in front of him were to get hurt, like, oh, yeah, what does yeah. he, what does he become? You know, Rashad White, same thing. You know, what does he become? Yeah. You know, I think they become like solid RB one place, you know, at the very least. Rashad White is on the brink of standalone value. Tony Pollard has a standalone value. They Alexander, both have Madison, standalone value. Yeah. Alexander Madison's a true handcuff where, you know, he's not going to get very many touches. Um, if Dalvin Cook doesn't, if, if, if he is playing, but once Dalvin Cook goes down, Madison's leading that backfield. 100%. Uh, Darius Slayton at 13 here. He's been leading the Giants wide receiver core, you know, over the past several weeks. You know, we wanted it to happen with Wandel Robinson, but at this point, we might have to just be a little honest with ourselves and really declare who the Giants wide receiver one is. And I think it's Darius Slayton. So, yeah. you know, if you miss out on DPJ, guys like that, pick up Darius Slayton. You know, he it seems like he has around a 10-point PPR floor right now. If that's what you're looking for, just for some solid depth at wide receiver, if you're hurting there, you know, you could pick up Slayton. I would not worry about matchups with him. Um, he's got it done in like, you know, not so amazing matchups. You know, it's not like he went off. Uh, you know, and I'm not p- saying to pick up Darius Slayton because he had that long touchdown. Like that was good to see. Uh, mm-hmm. But he was on this waiver wire list before, and he is going up against Detroit next week. So good matchup. Yeah, very good matchup. I feel like this Giants wide receiver situation is going to be fluid. You know, moving forward, I don't know who Isaiah Hodgins is, but he had a couple catches. Yeah, was a couple was it two days ago. Um, Wondell Robinson, I was really hoping that he would kind of you know carve himself out a role, and it seems like his role is there is just minimal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the way that this offense is playing, it runs through Saquon Barkley, which makes sense. They gave him thirty five carries on Sunday, um, so they didn't have to run the, throw the ball much. And with Daniel Jones at quarterback, that might be a good thing. I wouldn't trust any of these guys to have like league winning upside. I wouldn't have to trust any of these guys to have week winning upside. But like you said. Um, the floor seems to be good enough with Darius Slayton moving forward that he should be able to be in your lineup and you won't have to be, you know, rolling in your sleep 
over him putting up two points. He should be yeah. able to catch at least a few balls for each week. Exactly. You know, Slayton, 24% target share this week, this past week, and he had more than 20% target share uh, in his last three games. So, you know, worth noting, and some, someone like that should be on on, on, on rosters, at least in 12-team leagues. Yeah. Uh, Nico Collins, you know, played over, you know, so Houston wide receivers. Brandon Cooks was stripped of his captain title. They ripped that C off his chest. He said, <laughs> give me that. You, you will not be our captain. Yeah. And they they let Nico Collins be their wide receiver one. And he did his thing. So, um, so yeah, man. Like, now at this point, you're looking at Nico Collins as their wide receiver one potentially. Okay. Mm-hmm. He had, did he have 10 targets or was it nine? Yeah, he, 10 targets. Yeah, he had 10 targets in this game. So, uh, something you want to look out for. He caught that touchdown, you know. They're going to be in negative game scripts a lot, so you might want to pay attention to Nico Collins. You know, somebody that, you know, uh, ha- you know, a lot of people were fans of Nico Collins. I'm not like a fanboy of his or anything like that, mm-hmm. but a lot of dynasty truthers, dynasty guys are like Nico Collins truthers. I'm not one of them, but he has a chance now moving forward with them reducing Brandon Cook's snaps now and his routes run. We could see Nico Collins have some value the rest of the way. Yeah, the Nico Collins is getting his value primarily because Brandon Cooks is you know kind of being relegated to a, yeah. a, a spot a spot performer. only you know? only 63% of dropbacks uh route percentage for Brandon Cooks so yeah. that's not good that means that they're taking snaps away from him yeah so th- there was a big fallout at the trade deadline obviously with Brandon Cooks i think Brandon Cooks didn't realize when he signed his contract he saw the dollar signs you know and he's like all right i'll sign this contract and they realized that he's not going to be happy in Houston so that's pretty obvious. It seems like the relationship between the franchise and Brandon Cooks is fractured. I think that's going to end up hurting Brandon Cooks the rest of the way. The upside that I thought Brandon Cooks had just kind of fell out. Davis Mills is not very good. So now Nico Collins becomes a wide receiver one. Davis Mills' wide receiver one is on the waiver wire, ladies and gentlemen. Who wants him? We'll start bids at $1. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think that's what it's going to be. Um, pretty much. I don't think any. I don't think you have trouble picking him up if you want him. You shouldn't have to throw too much fab at him. But um, no. This is a prospective ad, even though it might seem like he's right in line for uh, more workload. I, I think okay. that it's going to be a relatively low ceiling for him. Yeah. I got Deshaun Watson at number 15. If you need a quarterback, he's going to be coming back in week 14, I think it is. No, week 13? Week 13. Uh, I think it's 13. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, of so, course, against the Texans. Who else? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Uh, so Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, when he's back, he might become a quarterback one. He might be a high-end quarterback one. Who knows? There's a lot of range of outcomes for Deshaun Watson. But if, you, if, you, if you're hurting that quarterback, you know, you didn't get a chance to pick up Justin Fields, pick up Deshaun and see what happens. That's kind of yeah. how I'm looking at it. Trey McBride, I have him at 16 here because Zach Ertz is out for the season with a knee injury, unfortunately. Yeah. So uh, Trey McBride, you know, obviously the the most highly touted rookie tight end coming into the league. You know, he was the the first one picked in the draft. You know, he he won the Mackey Award as the best tight end last year in college football. Uh, so, you know, pick him up. You know, he's I, – I have some history with Trey McBride. Uh, you know, we, we were at the Senior Bowl and, like, you know, we, we, we interviewed him and all that. It was dope as hell. He's a good dude. So I'm hoping he succeeds. But, you know, he played almost every single snap in this game with, when Zach Ertz went down. Uh, Zachers went down pretty early in that game, and McBride basically took over that role. So he's a prospective ad. You know, I don't know how comfortable I feel starting him this week, but you know, if you're in dire, if you're if you're in need, he's going to run a ton of routes. So I wouldn't mind putting him out there, especially if Kyler Murray's playing. 
I wouldn't mind putting Trey McBride out there either. You know, this is, like you said, the highest touted tight end prospect coming out of this year's class. And it's not like fantastic class. There's no such thing really as like an extremely good tight end class. I mean, unless maybe this one coming up. But um, with, with Trey McBride, I think he can slide right into Zach Ertz's role. I, I don't think Kyler Murray's going to suddenly stop throwing the tight ends now that's not Zach Ertz. You know, he's been using Zach Ertz the whole season. He's had a solid floor for each and every week. And that's all you can really ask for out of a tight end in 2022. So Trey McBride... If, you know, we know Zach Ertz isn't going to play, I, I feel like I'd be okay sliding him in if I don't have anybody better. If I've been streaming my tight ends the whole season, I'd put Trey McBride in and hope that he can just kind of be my my guy the rest of the way. I got Jordan McKinnon here at number 17. All he is is a depth running back, is an RB3, PPR RB3. Just if like if I'm if you're looking for 8 to 10, 8 to 12 points in a PPR league, now that the distribution is between only two running backs, McKinnon gets a slight bump here as well because he's going to be running slightly higher percentage of routes now that uh, CEH is out because CEH was also running some routes too. So, um, you know, if if you're in a deep league and you need running backs and to get some running back depth, McKinnon won't leave you out to dry most weeks going forward. Yeah, I I don't think McKinnon is going to be, like you said, he gets a slight bump. It's an extremely slight bump for me. The only thing that would give him that little bump would be the fact that, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had zero carries last week. I don't think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to have zero carries next week or touches. I think he's going to get a couple touches at least each game. Um, it's I think it's difficult at that point with the way they've been using him before. It's been a committee in a committee backfield for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire not to touch a ball at least once, but definitely trending away from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and that gives Jarek McKinnon that bump that you're talking about. Like you said, this isn't somebody that's going to win you your league. But if you have an injury last minute and you need somebody to start on the spot, Jarek McKinnon can do that. Definitely. Um, all right, just to wrap this up real quick, we got Kyron Williams at 18. Uh, he played a, a, a solid number of snaps. He was the passing down back in his first game with the team. Uh, Cooper Cup has, is out. So, you know, maybe some more targets going his way. Also, he has the possibility of rising to the top of this running back room ahead of Dal Henderson. So I'm still stashing him as of right now. Um, Ben Skoranek, I have him at 19 here because I'm assuming, like you mentioned yesterday, he's Cooper Cup's clone. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's possible that, you know, he ends up being the primary slot receiver with Cooper Cup, you know, set to miss several weeks here. You know, at this point, he does mm-hmm. have a high ankle sprain. You're probably out four to six weeks, I'm assuming. Uh, so for the rest of the year, you might be able to, you know, depend on Skoranek as like a PPR wide receiver three. That's kind of his ceiling to me. Um, yeah. So, He's a prospective ad. I don't want to start him, but I wouldn't be surprised if, like, you know, after week 11, Skromonic has, like, nine targets for, like, 67 yards, right? So, like, that's kind of what I'm picking him up for. Yeah, the floor is what you're picking up Ben Skoranek for. I would actually put him over Kyron Williams just because I think Skoranek is more in line for more workload. And maybe it's just me undervaluing running backs in the waiver wire. You know, I just said that I put Paris Campbell, Kadarius Tony, Christian Watson over, like, Rashad White, and um, I forget who the other guy was. Um Pacheco already. Yeah, Pacheco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I already forgot. Yeah. I'm so hyped up on Pacheco that I forgot where he was <laughs> ranked on a ranked on these uh waiver wire pickup rankings. But yeah, I, I would put Ben Skoranek over him just because I think that his workload's a little bit more guaranteed. Daryl Henderson did score a touchdown last week. Um obviously we're not going to anticipate that every week. The way yeah. that this Rams backfield is the offense is not very good. Um, they were missing Stafford last week. I think he does come back and it'll be a little bit better, but the touchdown upside remains relatively low, especially with Cooper Cup out. It should be interesting to see. I'm a little bit worried about this Rams offense now that Cooper Cup is out. Yeah. He was driving the offense forward, and without that, things could get messy. 
They're going to suck. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Isaiah McKenzie, I hear, had number 20 just to wrap it up. He, his rap percentage has been increasing a ton, ran 80% on drop of dropbacks this past week. So worth noting, even though he didn't have a huge game, you know, you want to pay attention to Josh Allen's wide receivers, right? And, yeah, uh, yeah that's pretty much it. We're going to wrap it up here, guys. Uh, we appreciate everybody for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, check me out on Instagram at Upperhand Fantasy. Jack is at Zach is at Upperhand Zach on Instagram as well. And yeah, subscribe to the podcast. It means the world to us. Appreciate you guys. Take it easy. It's good luck on waivers. See ya.